Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Podcast Sense. Okay. So. Welcome to this special Yankees edition. I'm wearing props. I brought props. I got a hat. I got a Yankee hat because wow, Juan Soto is a Yankee. The 25-year-old, the Silver Slugger Award, the All-Star, the world champ. If there was ever a guy born to be a Yankee, it was Juan Soto coming to the Bronx, and I'm celebrating it today on the JT and Looney podcast. He's going to love that short porch. I'm quoting you from Backyard Brick, (laughs) which I just watched on Instagram. And, wow, the Yankees have not changed over the years, bringing in all the big guns, the, the, the Dodgers of the East Coast, the Dodgers taking the Yankee model and just trying to get all the big guys. You know, obviously, it's been whispered in, Hush tones and uh, actually uttered into microphones that the Dodgers are this close. Now, if you're just listening, you can't see and you're not watching on YouTube. Dodgers this close to getting Shohei Otani, but they don't have it booked and locked like the Yankees do on Soto. Well, be very careful because the Dodgers might fire you for talking about Otani. You know, you got to be you got to be quiet. Dave Roberts, he's getting heat. Dave Roberts, because he mentioned a two to three hour meeting with Shohei Otani. I thought that was what you were supposed to do. Get a meeting, have a great meeting and talk about it. Isn't that what Rob Manford wants? People talking about baseball or does he want to drop lower than the in-season NBA tournament? that takes place in Las Vegas tonight. You can lose all your other games, but if you win early in the in-season tournament, you get a free trip to Vegas and an opportunity to be entitled with more money. Does Rob Manford worry about that? I think Rob Manford likes that we're talking about baseball. I think that Shohei Otani's people don't. It's amazing. That's how much gravitas this baseball player has. He's dictating the terms of how and when people talk about him. It's a great Yankee topic because Otani is not nowhere near the pitcher of Garrett Cole, who's the Cy Young Award, and he's not the hitter of Aaron Judge. When Judge had the greatest year, but he can claim to do both. He claims to do both. He can pitch and hit, but last I looked, he's having surgery, and he's not going to be pitching, and you got to go all in to get a glorified DH. Look, he's a great player. He's a global player. He's a great player, but nobody knows about it because it's a tree that falls in the forest when you play for the Angels. As we've always said, you could travel around the world. You might see somebody with a Bulls jersey, a Raiders jersey. You're never going to see anyone on the four corners of the earth with an Angels jersey. And another thing you won't find on the four corners of the earth is a better betting site than bet online. The holiday season is off and rolling. NFL in full stride. Playoffs around the corner in the NFL, NBA and NHL. Hitting mid-season form, bet your number one destination for all your sports betting needs. Up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet online, the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. They also have at your fingertips uh, golf, MMA, boxing, the sweet science. You know I love the sweet science. Or maybe you don't know, but now you do. Head to bet online today. Remember, use the promo code Believe. Just for being friends with JT and Looney, if you haven't gone to bet online yet, go there now. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit up to 500 bucks. Put down 500, you get 250. Not a bad deal. 
But you got to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Getting back to Juan Soto, his numbers are incredible. He wasn't great as a Padre, and that's another story here. But Soto's built for Yankee Stadium. He's a lefty. The Yankees have Judge, who's a righty. Giancarlo Stanton, who's owed reportedly $98 million still. Wow. It's $335 million that the Marlins paid a couple of pennies for. But they had to do this, as I said, on Backyard Brick. It's a Hail Mary because Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone, the Wolves are at the door. All Yankee fans want them both out. So I give Cashman a little bit of credit. He threw a Hail Mary to get Soto. The problem is his contract's up after next year. And Scott Boris is going to want anywhere between 400 to 500 million million here because he's 25 years old and he could be a great Yankee for a decade. I mean, he's not going to get old at 35 years old, but this guy has a lot of slumps. He played for the Padres. It didn't work out there. And it proves that the Padres had a small, small window. Hey, Tom, how's that Padres window looking, the window to beat the Dodgers in the world and win the World Series? Same way it always does. It's just uh, it's just a rumor. It's something that uh, that I think uh, Padres fans always speak of with hope rather than reality. You know, it's interesting. Your act hasn't changed. You've always said the same thing. You said the same thing over the years. We go back in the hot tub time machine about Albert Pujols and Mike Trout. How, oh, they'd be a perfect Yankee for life. Any of the greatest baseball players who ever played are always, in your book, a perfect Yankee for life. Well, Bryce Harper was, and Bryce Harper was available for in the 330 range. And I was on the radio that day when he signed with the Phillies. And he's from Vegas. Bryce Harper's from Vegas. So we knew about him when he was 15 years old. He was right. on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16. He was the perfect Yankee. He was the guy built for the short porch, the grit. The Yankee grid. He would have been perfect, and the Yankees lost out on him. So Soto's the next best thing. The Yankee. I love Mookie Betts. The Dodgers ended up getting him. Oh, I love him. There's only a handful of players in baseball that could really move the needle. But in the arms race where the Yankees are looking for another Japanese pitcher, I apologize for not having the pronunciation in front of me. There's a race for Otani. Yankees knew they weren't in the market for Otani, and they put all the money in for Soto, but Scott Boris is going to want four or five hundred million next year, and I don't know if the Yankees are going to want to do that with Judge's contract. They still got to pay Stanton. They got to pay Cole's making a lot of money, and Soto's going to Soto's going to require a half a billion dollars. And fortunately for the Yankees, there's only two or three teams in baseball who can do that. So if Soto has a decent year this year, Boris is going to move the price up even higher. And if the Yankees like him in the clubhouse with the chemistry early. In April, May, June, they might want to go to Boris and say, let's do the deal now. Let's lock him up on an eight, seven, eight-year deal. I wouldn't give anybody 10 years anymore. That's just outlandish. In general, I think it's safe to say that most people who listen to this podcast are American. (laughs) And Americans have a quirk where, unlike any other nation in the world, we speak one language. A little lazy in that department. When it comes to language, I haven't been, of course, pero hablar español, tú sabes. But, but I'm just speaking in general. We're broadcasting. Most of our brothers and sisters in America speak one. And, but when these free agents come in and come available and they, uh, they speak other languages, sometimes there's great advantages. Remember, I predicted this with pool holes. Yeah. There was, there was one Spanish-speaking owner in Major League Baseball, and that was uh, Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels. Uh, a cable billionaire. And I said, he's going to sit down 
with Albert Pujols last and speak to him in the language of his mother and Albert Pujols will be an angel. You doubted it. And then he became an angel. And it doesn't matter when uh, Dave Roberts sits down with Shohei Otani. Dave Roberts' mother is Japanese. He sat down for a couple hours and stuck to sh- talk to Shohei Otani in the language of his mother. And it's going to be the only boss. He won't need an interpreter to find out what his manager needs. And he'll be very comfortable in one of the cities in America that has one of the largest a Japanese population. So that's why I think not just because I'm biased, but because of language that Hotani will love playing with the Dodgers. Yeah. And all the Dodgers need to do is look over their shoulders and worry about Seattle. That has a tremendous Asian population right. gateway to the Pacific rim of San Francisco. Beautiful right. park. Right. There. Great pitchers ballpark. Tough to hit home runs there. Pitchers like to pitch there. Hitters don't like to hit there as much. San Francisco clearly has the money and the market size to do that deal. The Cubs with the Ricketts family, that's a cash cow there now in Chicago. And Boston seems to be the team that's kind of taking some time off now, and they're not in the hunt the way the Yankees and the Dodgers are. But I agree with you. I think Otani will be a Dodger. I think they can afford it. All they have to do is take down the Guggenheim group, just has to take down a painting. Right. That's all. Teams around the world sell the painting. All they got to do auction uh, for 100 to 200 million to help defer the cost and you'll have otani and mookie Betts, and you'll you'll allow clayton kershaw to hang on another year and then get to the postseason and lose game one or game two of the playoffs for you in the first round but that's how well yes well there is no coincidence there that the richest owner on the titanic was guggenheim and when it comes to the postseason the dodgers uh, look a lot like the Titanic this year. They're, but they are a great regular season. It's like the, being an Atlanta Braves fan, right? <laughs> Back in the day, or an Atlanta Hawks fan over the years. You just, they're the kings of the great regular season and watching Mookie Betts night after night. Boy, he would have been a great Yankee. He would have been great for any team in Major League Baseball. Every single, he's a human highlight film. I love watching Mookie Betts play. I love it. If, if there was a program director, there's no program directors in podcasts. There's no program no. directors in gaming radio because they let uh, guys who are uh, 24 years old that don't have 30 grand to their name talk about betting. So <laughs> no one minding the store there. And if we had a program director right now, they'd be saying, get out of baseball. Stop talking right. about baseball. The numbers. Go up. So as my son says, let's get to football. Because the last time we podcast together, it was about the Eagles and the 49ers. Wow, did the the 49ers punch the Eagles in the mouth? Reviewing that game, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and that kid Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, who I believed in, then he lost three in a row. He's an MVP candidate, Tom. Two out of three. 1,000%. Yeah, two out of three of my MVP candidates are 49ers, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, the other one's Tyreek Hill with the Dolphins. He's going to have 2,000 yards. I don't know how you don't give him the MVP award the way the Dolphins are playing. Yeah, and I think with Brock Purdy, we take a look at his, they take, you know, I love my trusty quarterback rating. You can't, you can't argue with those stats. He's number one in the NFL, and he's been number one week in and week out a lot of times, and if not, always in the top five. And, you know, that math adds up. Sometimes people don't like the analytics, et cetera, but – when you uh, slice and dice that, take a look at the quarterback rating as we get into this many weeks into the season. The best ones are at the top, and the bad ones are at the bottom, and well, the mediocre ones are in the middle. Yeah, let's keep the quarterback rating up there because I know yeah. you have 
poster next to your bed like a little boy. <laughs> like a little boy who used to get Sports Illustrated for the articles. Cut now, the pictures out. They have AI. They have AI robots writing uh, Sports Illustrated articles now. But as we look at the quarterback rating, the quarterback play, which has been a topic on this podcast for a month or so, is so abysmal. The quarterback sucks so bad, other than Purdy. Jalen Hurts is not having an MVP year. He's hurt. Joe Burrow's hurt. He's not playing. Mahomes isn't having a great year. Aaron no. Rodgers blew out his Achilles. I think the guy who leads the league in interceptions is uh, the Josh Allen, who could have stole the MVP this year easily. They would have brought it to him in the preseason if he didn't start turning it over every week for Buffalo. Then you got Zach Wilson. Does he want to play or not? Deshaun Watson's hurt. Well, I'll give you a good example. I'm going to the game, working the game Sunday. It's Aiden O'Connell versus Joshua Dobbs. Please mm-hmm. take me back to the 70s where Fran Tarkenton played Ken Stabler. They're both in the Hall of Fame, and I got Joshua Dobbs, Aiden uh. O'Connell. So the quarterback play, and you know, you play young players in the league, it's going to take time for them to develop. But, man, Tom, it has been a struggle this year. And it's been a struggle keeping the good ones healthy, and it's even been a struggle watching you know, watching the Kansas City Chiefs play. It, it's, it's incredible how mediocre they've been all year. Patrick Mahomes, this year with Patrick Mahomes, it reminds me of Kobe playing with Smush Parker. It's Patrick <laughs> Mahomes and everybody else on the Chiefs is Smush Parker, but we're watching, expecting something amazing to happen, and no, nothing amazing happens because they're not, they're not that great. They're just okay. And by the way, same thing with the Buffalo Bills. That's why it'll be a great game. Two teams that we, they're just not that great. They're actually so evenly, uh, they're evenly, it's it's a great even game between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. It'll be, you know, 20 to 19 will be the final score because these two teams turn it over a lot. Josh, if it comes down to turnovers, that means the Kansas City Chiefs will win. But when it comes back to the quarterback play and with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Joey, it's great to watch Lawrence, but um, Trevor Lawrence, Joey Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is great to watch play. And now he's hurt. So many quarterbacks hurt. Bobby Bethard, who died in January, he's going to be starting at quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's just a, it's a tough it's a tough watch this weekend in the NFL when it comes to the quarterback position. Line opened up Kansas City minus three. Sharp money on Buffalo. We'll play it now. Kansas City minus one and a half. You get three for playing at home. Wow. You better believe this is my upset special. For two years, for two years, I picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. Not the AFC East, the Super Bowl. And they've come up short twice. They played in miraculous games at home at Orchard Park at Kansas City where all all that happened is Josh Allen left the field with the lead and Mahomes had like 12 seconds left and came from behind. This is Buffalo's Waterloo. This is Buffalo's moment. This is Buffalo. They have to win. The playoffs start this Sunday on the road in Kansas City. Kansas City has given us their vulnerability this year, other than the Raiders, where they play their best every time I see them live. I got Buffalo winning, starting their playoff run, 24-23. It's always a classic. Buffalo wins and stays alive in the AFC. Buffalo wins outright. Interesting. Now, that wouldn't surprise me if that happens. Uh, because a lot of times what happens in the regular season is not what happens in the postseason, as we find out with the, the 49ers and the Eagles, et cetera, over the years when teams play in the regular season, 
and then they get to the postseason, and the opposite happens. And uh, in my heart, I'm expecting a big game from the Bills, but I've watched them play too often this season. Josh yeah. Allen turns the ball over too much. And if it comes down to turnovers, that means the Chiefs win the game. Let's go back to what I said earlier. Chiefs win 20-19, so the Chiefs win, but that means Buffalo covers. Buffalo covers. All right, I'm going to give you another big meat and potato game, the biggest game of the week. Remember, before the season started, I picked the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. That was my right. Super Bowl pick. They're a hell of a team. Dak Prescott is an MVP candidate. Look at the numbers, and then also look at Dallas at home. Philadelphia got whitewashed, destroyed by San Francisco. I think they'll be ready for this game. Jalen Hurts is just not at 100%. He's not running the ball with scripted runs the way he has his entire year. Dak couldn't be playing better. Line opened up Dallas minus two and a half. We're, we've gone over the hook. It's three and a half. It's three in the hook here. So I like Dallas in this game. That half, if it was three, I'd love it even more. We'll play it at three and a half. I think this is really the biggest game of the year for the Cowboys. They pick up a game on Philadelphia in the division. They'll split for the year, which is a great goal for Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones. And they'll be chasing down the 49ers again for the overall number one seed. If Philadelphia loses this game and Dallas wins, we're going to have a race. And Philadelphia's schedule is brutal. I'm going Dallas to win this one 31-27. to 27. I got Dallas winning, and I got them covering the spread. I don't like the spread here, but I like Dallas enough to say they'll win, and I'll have them covering. David Carr, who's apparently a talk show host somewhere in the country, has suggested that Marcus Mariota start yeah, for the about, Philadelphia that was, that was right on brand, and I like him. Wow. I like his brother more, Derek Carr who's getting beat up like a pinata every time he goes out. Every time oh Derek God. Carr looks left and then looks right, he's getting planted into the ground and almost blowing out his shoulder. Incredible. Us. But uh, back to David Carr, who was the former number one pick. and won a Right. Super Bowl. And won a because... He won a Super Bowl for the Giants. Uh, well, I will tell you this. When it comes to uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, you start Jalen Hurts. Take a look at his professional record. And every time you underestimate Jalen Hurts or the Eagles, you're going to be in for a surprise. And the Cowboys are bum slayers. The Cowboys are really great at home. They're but they're not uh, they're not really they still can't keep beat teams that are better than they are. The Eagles are better than they are. Eagles are going to want to bounce back. They have egos. They're really good. And they're going to bounce back from last week. I think the Eagles win this outright and they cover 27-20. Okay, now uh, we gave you the two big games. Looney has one game that he picks. I have one game that he doesn't know about that I pick. I'm going to go uh -huh. with this one. This game's an interesting one. The Rams. I love the way the Rams are playing. I just do. I saw Stafford in the preseason at the workouts against the Raiders. And he looked fit and lean, and he was throwing the ball great. And they're playing Baltimore in Baltimore. A lot of travel, but the Rams have tremendous confidence now. Cooper Cup is back. Aaron Donald is healthy. Their stars are making plays here. Baltimore is really good. We haven't talked about them in a couple of weeks. The line opened up Baltimore minus seven and a half. We'll play it at seven and a half. There is an eight here on the Vegas trip. I just think it's too many points. I think the Rams are going to battle. I love the way they're playing. I got Baltimore winning 26-23. Baltimore wins, but the Rams cover the spread. Well, take a look at the quarterback position. How about that? We have Lamar Jackson as Matthew Stafford. Lamar Jackson, uh, top 10 quarterback. 
And Matthew Stafford, not so much right there in the middle sandwich between two guys who stink. Uh, when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens, how's their defense? Oh, not the number one in the National Football League when it comes up to it comes to the, the most important category, how many points you're giving up. And the Rams defense, not in that category. Oh, how about this? Lamar Jackson, 18 and one against NFC teams in his career. No one's even close to ever having anything like that in their pocket. And unfortunately for the Rams, they happen to be an NFC team. Now, do the Ravens cover? Yeah, the Rams have been playing a lot better. The All the Ravens have to do is play the way, the way they always do. Win, 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 no matter what, what, what. And Lamar Jackson winning 75 to 80% of his games as a pro. Can you say that about your favorite quarterback? Ravens win 28-20. They win and they cover. Uh, Rams being overhyped. All right, fair enough. You got one as the penny. You got you, you're all prepped up. I know. Oh I, yes, of course. On podcast <laughs> on Thursday. You're all prepped up, unlike some other syndicated radio TV hosts that need teleprompters and need their producers to write their radio shows. I know when I get you on a Thursday, man. After <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Thursday already. Up. Is there another game that just jumps well, out? At you? Sometimes you know when when there's a big number to be given away because you always like to go to Vegas and have fun, even if you bet as a casual better, and you can bet on the Tennessee Titans and get thirteen points. Ooh, it's always oh, nice, even if you're going to bet a small amount and get thirteen points. And the Dolphins on Monday night are hosting the Tennessee Titans. Now, would this be a big marquee game? Is this one of the games we should be talking about? Well, it's interesting because of all those points. You know, the the the, the Miami Dolphins have been killing teams at home, especially bums. And the Titans could probably, when it comes to the matchup here, be uh, be categorized as a bum. But do you give up thirteen points? I say, oh boy, you know the Titans. The Titans do have professionals with egos on that team, and some tough guys on that team, including Derrick Henry, who can who can knock you down and knock you out just on, on a four yard run. So I would say, final score here: Miami Dolphins twenty two. Tennessee Titans 17 Dolphins win, but the Titans cover nice play. I think it'll be more high scoring than that because I believe the total on that game is, well, it's not that high of a total. It's 45 and a half, 46 uh, sharp play by you. Uh, before we get to what we're watching, what we're reading, I'm reading something very interesting. People might be surprised that I read. I read a lot, <laughs> Yes, but, uh, First I off, see you like this with your phone quite often. I know you're reading at least I read reading my Twitter. I read my DMS more than my Twitter. I read that uh, quickly. I want to mention not quickly. We got time here that tipping one of the most downloaded podcasts we did was when we did our esteemed podcast on how because things have changed. I live in Vegas. It's a big town where you got to know how to tip in Vegas. And I defer to my buddy Todd and my buddy Joe and people in the industry who are involved with nightclubs, restaurants, hotels, valets. I mean, if you don't know how to tip, don't come to Vegas. Okay. Get the hell out of Vegas. Don't leave the house. Cause in Vegas now we're struggling because we have resort fees. It's at the bottom of your bill and they multi, they had 15%. We have restaurants now in Vegas where if you don't look at the small print, it's like another three or 4% for some type of handling fee. They're really being scoundrels out here where I live. But a lot of times I'm, I'm going to a dinner tonight, a holiday dinner. Uh, one of the guys I work with and one of the clients I have on radio, we do a dinner and it's paid for by someone else who will not let me tip. He will not let me tip tonight. So it's full. It's a full comp. He'll pick up the bill, but I'll offer to tip and I'll buy a couple of rounds afterwards. But what do you do this time of year with your coworkers? 
And I think we need to help here because, okay. as you know, uh, this is a badge of honor for me. I have people that work with me. No one works for me. In radio, you get the host, and then you get right. the producer, and then you get the board op, and then you got other individuals that help you along the way. No one works for me. We all work together. You guys both came from team sports. You from rugby. I from football. We never thought of it as a staff. It was just all a team effort. You're right. So the, the people that you work with and work around, I have two philosophies. First, my bosses. I work for people who are my bosses. So there's levels of bosses, right? You have bosses that provide the majority or most of your income. Other bosses that might be 30, 40%. Then you might, you might have a side gig where you're making a nice chunk of change, 10% of your money podcast, whatever it is. So what I like to do is tier tipping over the holidays. The big bosses get big wine. They're going to get a good wine because they know wine. So they'll get a Camus or a Silver Oak or something there. Then the coworkers, it could be cash if they need it, if you think they would want cash more so than a gift. And then the opportunity to just get something personal, not a box of candy. And not, not, it's something personal that reflects your relationship with the person you work with. If you know your person you work with likes music, it could be an Apple gift card for music. It could be something to do with concert tickets. It could be something to do just basically with the industry of music where you can get them something where it could be a custom t-shirt or something. So I just wanted to bring up to you, what is your philosophy this time of year? Because you work with a lot of people and you treat people really yeah. special. And you, you had uh, you, you'd mentioned something that's really important there of all the things you mentioned about listening to what people say. Mm -hmm. If you remember small things about people, you don't have to remember people's birthday. You don't have to you know, you know, remember somebody's birthday if you're kissing them or if they're a family member. And that's about it. You really don't have to remember people's birthday. Remember small things about people. And I like to tell and retell this story about us. One, when when our, our boss died, Andrew Ashwood, you and he were very close. At the same time, you coincidentally were going to have a lot of people over to your house and some more people were going to be coming over just to spend time with you because you were so upset. Mm -hmm. So I knew you were going to have a lot of people over. So I got you a carrot cake. And you said to me, you don't even like sweets, but you like carrot cake. I like carrot cake, yes. You said, how the heck did you know I liked carrot cake? You were stunned. And it was because early on when I first met you, you had seen me eating a carrot cake muffin from Whole Foods. And you mentioned that i don't really like sweets but i do like carrot cake and then you walked out of my uh, my uh my control room because we were in separate rooms yeah and i just filed that and then years later you're gonna have a lot of people over as sometimes when people die people a lot of people over it's good my mother would take over a roast i gave you a carrot cake and you were stunned that i knew that but it, and you, it makes people feel good when you remember small things about them so when it is gift giving season take a note at the mm -hmm. times that they've said things like, I like carrot cake, and give them a carrot cake. That's nice. My wife is very generous. She makes this world-famous toffee, which you've had before. Oh, she makes this toffee. Yes. Oh, I love yeah. And she'll make canisters of it, and she's like, it's Mrs. Claus. She's in there working in the kitchen, making toffee for a week, and then putting in canisters, and I give that out to people along the way. I just want to remind everybody because of COVID, a lot of people don't work anymore with humans around them. I know. Zoom, yep. We're doing this podcast and there's layers of people in your life. You can't treat everybody the same when it comes to tipping in the holiday season and what to give, but you should give something to everyone who makes your life easier and helps your life and is on your team. 
And I think that's being lost now. And I just hope more and more people will look at this and get out and do some holiday dinners and go out and have some holiday beers and wine and go just get out of the house and spend some time with people over the holidays. Cause I think that's something we've missed out on the last three years in this country. Oh yeah. More of it. We have to do more. And remember how much it means when it's random. I, uh, I am, uh, there's a certain uh, group of people that uh, I've been close with over the years who are Jehovah's witnesses. And I always said, you know, like how they would give celebrities doctorates. I said, can I be an honorary one without having to take all the classes? Right. They don't, but uh, because one of the, one of the philosophies there is they don't do what they call the pagan rituals of birthdays and Christmas, etc. A lot of people don't like Jehovah's witnesses because they don't believe in Santa Claus. So people can't, people can't, people don't like their, that religion because they don't believe in Santa Claus. This is something very American, but, um, but I love the idea that, with that religion, just you just give a gift just because. And I think if you uh, randomly just uh, give people a gift, just be, you listen to what they like and give them one just because at another time of year when they've helped you at work, it also means a lot of people. So listen to what they say. And it doesn't have to always be during the holiday season. Be any time of year, just because the best kind of gift. My my niece knows that when she sees me, I'll, I'll give her a gift. I say, you know what this gift is for what occasion she said for no occasion i said that's right the best kind of gift there is all right what jt and looney are watching and reading so let me pop up here for a second and grab the book right. oh so, uh, good you know i love rock and roll i have my best friend jimmy b whose birthday is coming up on the 12th got me the new getty lee book wow uh, <laughs> my f in life there it is getty lee uh, the founder and the bass player of Rush. I've seen 54 Rush concerts. Rush has had one of the biggest impacts on my life. Uh, most people who know me well know that. And I uh, love Rush. And Rush disbanded after the death of Neil Peart, the drummer. That went to their Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Uh, all the shows. So part of my life from the time I was 17 to 50 People say, how do you see 54 shows easily? I see them twice a year for 20 years. Uh, that's 40. You add it up, you know, once a year. It's easy to do, but the book is fantastic. I'm about a third of the way through it. I uh, just want to say uh, that I am reading again, Tom. Uh, I love the oh, book. I, I didn't do the audio book here. I was really close to doing the audio book. And then the book showed up in the mail as a birthday gift from Jimmy B. So I'm knocking it out. Are you reading anything this time or listening to an audio book? Eat a Peach by David Chang, which was a random gift I got in the mail from a high school sweetheart. And uh, I got it who I've, you know, as I, as I've always mentioned that there's no fine line between love and hate. They are antonyms. We learn antonyms in first grade. Be a good breaker upper uh, with people and stay friends with people uh, that you have uh, romantically linked up with over the years. Eat a Peach is a memoir by David Chang. You know, I, I come from the restaurant business. I know I worked in the restaurant business. I've owned several. And he's a celebrity chef. I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but it's his intimate account of mental health, drugs, suicide, family, uh, food, and the restaurant business. And it's, ah, oh, God, it's an excellent book. You know, Shades of Anthony Bourdain as well. Oh. When, you think about, when you think about him. And, you know, you were mentioning earlier about Quickly, quickly, quickly. So sometimes you say when you're hosting a talk show and then you realize there's no reason to go quickly. You've got a lot of time ahead. But that's how also you and I have led our lives. We're in a hurry even when we're not. And uh, Anthony Bourdain was that way. David Chang was that way. The book Eat a Peach is an excellent read. 
Two things I'm watching. Two things I'm watching. I just finished Exposed on Netflix, The Ghost Train Fire. I recommend this, one of the best documentaries I've watched. It's about an amusement park fire that took the lives of seven people, four of them best friend little boys, little boys who for the first time their parents let them go into Sydney from their town outside of Sydney. They never came home. And there's a oh. massive hook to this, massive hook on why the fire started. Everybody thought it started a certain way. And the way that the creators of this documentary dove into this story, dove into it, and then the interviews and who they got to speak after this happened in, I believe, 1979 into the 2000s and 20s and got everybody and unearthed every rock to figure this out. It was brilliant. Again, I want everybody exposed on Netflix, the ghost train fire. Well done. And I don't know if I mentioned this last week or since we've been podcasting together, we talk every day and we text and we do the podcast. So if we're not texting every day, we're talking and we're doing the podcast. So I don't know if I mentioned this. I might have mentioned this to you personally, as I mentioned to everybody, Earthing, which is a documentary on Amazon, the uh, sinking connection uh, to the body and the natural rhythms of the earth and the medicinal benefits of walking around in our bare feet at least once a day. And you go swimming and you have a backyard yeah. where you can put your foot in the grass. And it's, it's a future where everybody understands the essential. You know, if everyone would understand how good it is for us, because the universe and us and the earth are all made of mostly the same elements as Carl Sagan used to say we are made up of star stuff. So not only are we part of the universe, but the universe is part of us. And if we spend more time each day, even 20 minutes in our bare feet, uh, most of what ails us is inflammation, whether it's Alzheimer's or a headache and everything in between your knees hurt, your shoulders hurt. That's inflammation. Instead of taking a pill, which is an anti-inflammatory, which is very good, ibuprofen, very good for you, but also. Uh, things that have been nagging at you. Maybe if you spend 20 minutes to a half an hour walking around on the beach or in the grass every single day, it can be very good for you. And now they're doing a lot of scientific research on it, peer-reviewed scientific research, which we've learned about through vaccinations and everything else that really backs up how good it is for you just to walk around on your bare feet. All right, one more bonus for me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good in my own body, in my own mind. I can say this. Most talk show hosts can't. I'm watching The Gilded Age because it was a void in my life after Downton Abbey, as you know, okay. the only men on, on God's green earth who watched all of <laughs> Downton Abbey, including the right. movies. And I, I, I can handle that. And I needed something else. So The Gilded Age, the drama television series made by Julian Fellows, who is spectacular with all the Emmys from Downton Abbey. This is New York in the 1880s, the Gilded Age, the railroad and building the railroad and life on Central Park with the elitist. Oh, much wow. like Downton Abbey, the upstairs, downstairs, the elitist, the families upstairs and the working class making the meals and serving the mansions. There. Uh, this is a period piece about New York in the 1880s. Yes. Uh, very into it. Fantastic. Like the storylines, helps me sleep at night. I knock out an episode. So again, the Gilded Age, on Max. Uh, very, it's it's the it's the secondary Downton Abbey, and you should watch it. It's very good. Now I don't want to come back. My wife asked me the other day. She goes, "Would you like to come back?" 
in the 1880s. I said, no, just for sanitary reasons. <laughs> Goddamn right. I don't want to come back, but I don't know. There's just something about it for me. You know, I love the crown. I knocked out yeah. the crown. I walked, knocked out Downton. Now I got the Gilded Age. There's just something about the politeness of the times, uh, the upstairs, downstairs, and the gossip and what was happening. And I love the history of New York City. And Central Park is there. Remember, Central Park came first, God's Green Earth, and then they built up around it. And I'm fascinated on how they built on Fifth Avenue and what they've done around Central Park, the Gilded Age. Well, one thing I know off the top of my head, just because, you know, as life as a talk show host, a lot of times you don't end up one unless you're autodidactic and a savant in many different areas. The number one cause of death in New York City in 1882 would be diarrhea. Now we sing about it. Now we sing about it on TV. New Cherry Pepto. Number one, and so because, you know, there wasn't clean stuff. Like you said, sanitary reasons. Good call. Also, I see as I take a look, because I Googled when you said you're going to talk about it, I see Cynthia Nixon yes. is in it. Yeah, yes. I just, uh, the other day, I, I saw somewhere she was on a, she was going to uh, go out. What do you call those? Um, she was going to political protest where she stopped eating. Starvation protest. Like, you got, she's not famous enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to be more famous than that. And it doesn't count when you're a skinny actress anyway, and you never eat anyway to go on a starvation diet. Old so Polonies, our friend went on a hunger strike, old a old hunger old. strike. That's what the, that's the words I was yeah. looking for. Yes. If, if I wasn't, by the way, if I wasn't intermittent fasting, I would have thought of the words hunger strike, but I'm, but I'm carb depleted right now. This is the only podcast in the world that talked about Juan Soto in the Gilded Age, yes, and the troubles right. of the Eagles and the Cowboys <laughs> coming up here. Hey, do us a favor here. We're putting this on YouTube. It's one of the other platforms that we're building up there. We're both on Instagram. We're both on Twitter. We're doing a lot of unique things. We want to thank Modelo. Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. It's number yes. one here in America. We both drink beer. I drink a little more than Looney, but the fighting spirit of Modelo, proud partner here also on the JT and Looney podcast. And what we need more people to do is subscribe. We're taking you behind the scenes. These podcasts are fun. We know a lot of people who listen. The numbers are up. But we got to get more people to hit that button that says subscribe. And then you'll get the podcast. You can listen or watch whenever you want. But very important, share, subscribe, and listen. And we greatly appreciate your time on the podcast. I got a Modelo on draft at the Smokehouse in Burbank the other night. Oh. God, it was good. Oh, thank you for listening to all 38 minutes and 38 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast powered by Modelo and our friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, Jack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.